You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Grind Season. I'm Jason Smith, one of your two co-hosts here on, on Grind Season, the Grind Season podcast on Odyssey. I'm co-host of the Jason and John Midday Radio Show right here in the great city of Memphis, Tennessee. Weekdays from 11 to 2. That's on 92.9 FM ESPN. Could follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at JasonSmith929. This is my guy, Anthony Sane. Y'all know him by now, the tribal chief of Grizz Twitter. Man who's covered the Grizzlies, now radio, written, broadcast, podcast form, every form there is for the last nine years. Can follow him on Twitter at Sane Asylum. Brother Sane, how you feeling having won seven in a row and sitting alone atop the West? Man, it's a beautiful feeling. Uh, we, we said that the bus game was going to be a challenge. You kind of see where you are. Yep. And I think we see where we are at this point. Uh, they looked pretty good <laughs> last night. I think that a 41-point victory against you know one of the better teams in the NBA, team that won the NBA championship, this this version of this team won the NBA championship, you know, the key elements, you know, a couple of years ago. So I think that this is a uh, a great feeling, man, because a, a lot of the games you won during this win streak, you had some favor, some guys missing, some injuries, things like that. But there's no excuses uh, last night. Even though the Bucks were without Drew Holiday, it's not like you were missing, you know, Giannis or something. Drew's, I mean, Holiday is good. Don't get me wrong, but we were missing Bane as well. And to come out there and beat those guys that badly, um, yeah, that was a, definitely a statement game. Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm curious to hear everything you thought about that game. Uh, and 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 we've got a packed show for you. Uh, first things first, you can hear us, of course. Hear the Grind uh, Season podcast twice per week on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts, including on Spotify. I know it's quick to get there. Just search for Grind Season. Make mm-hmm. sure you're searching SZN. Uh, can Please. find us that way. Do us a solid yep. Push that subscribe button. Thank you very much. Uh, on today's episode, the Memphis Grizzlies, as Sane said, they're the hottest thing smoking in the NBA. They've won seven straight. Uh, sit alone the Western alone atop the Western Conference now. That was a perfect 5-0 homestand. They just closed out with that aforementioned win against the Bucs. Um, you look at that win, Ja Morant triple-double in three quarters, uh, uh, seven other players in double figures in scoring, uh, and, and Memphis holding you know, Giannis and Chris Middleton to 6-25 shooting just defensively, mm-hmm. offensively, so many things, so many good things to come out of that game. We'll talk more about that one. Uh, and still, with Desmond Bain out, as 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 Sane just talked about, uh, the Grizzlies, Sane, who we want, who were once at one time one in five without that man, what, at mm-hmm. one time three and six without him. Well, now have won seven in a row. They're ten and six without Desmond Bain, and all of a sudden, again, you look around. There's nobody else with you, at least for now, in the, on top of the Western Conference. So we're gonna ask Sane, what are three key things? This is the here's the thing. This is the latest in a season ever. Latest in the regular season, the Grizzlies have been number one in the in the Western Conference. So obviously we're giddy. What are the keys to staying there? We'll, we'll start there. Three or four keys, whatever the number comes down to, mm-hmm. uh, uh, that we think for the Grizzlies to stay there at number one for the rest of the season. You know, can they can they pull a Phoenix last year and get some separation? We'll see what Sane thinks there. Uh, topic number two. Looks like Steph Curry is not going to play in the Christmas Day game versus the Grizzlies. He's out for weeks, according to Woj, with the shoulder injury. Um, that would keep him out, obviously, on that Christmas Day game. That, a, a dampener. 
Sane and I talked about it on 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 my radio mm-hmm. program. Certainly a dampener on that game, but maybe Sane. Uh, 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 in, in in addition to to increasing your chances of winning, maybe it's a little merrier on Christmas. If uh, what Danny Green said on NBA Today is any indication that Desmond Bain could be maybe coming back by Christmas mm-hmm. Day, uh, we'll yep. get into that. And what was an awkward interaction between oh man, still Memphis Grizzly forward Danny Green <laughs> and Brian Windhorst, uh, who yeah. was beside him on on uh, NBA Today. We'll we'll get into that, and then you know as we've sort of touched on. We'll look at the road ahead because that's just it. Literally, Grizz about to hit the road. Four-game uh, road trip that concludes with that uh, game at, at uh, Golden State on Christmas. Then you'll play Phoenix. But the competition, uh, much like it did on Thursday, about to ramp up for the Grizzlies. And believe it or not, I know I know we've. it feels like everything's great for the Grizzlies right now, and it mostly is. They're just 8-6 and six against the West. Now, that's pedestrian. If you look at the other teams mm-hmm. in the West, in terms of most teams in the West, man, at least the good ones, double digits in terms of wins right now against the Western Conference. Grizzlies are at least are, are eleven and three actually against the East. They have fattened up against the East. Well, mm-hmm. you're about to play four straight Western Conference, uh, uh, at least four straight Western Conference opponents. It might be five straight if you add that Phoenix game in there. So um, again, and they'll be against some of the better teams in the West. So we'll we'll look ahead. Uh, that's the rundown of today's show. Uh, but like we talked about, we'll start here saying there were so many great things about about Thursday night. Grizzlies right now number one after just you know eviscerating the Bucks. Your biggest takeaway from that game and saying what's got to you can lead us on into what's got to what's got to be there three three or four keys for the Grizzlies in terms of staying where they're at right now atop the West. I think the thing that stood out to me the most was uh, your your role players, your young guys, your David Wrighty, Sante Aldama, the way that those guys showed up uh, in such a big stage. Two guys that are, you know, Sante's basically a rookie. He played a lot last year he, in, 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 in the G League, but not so much during the season. Uh, he's basically still a rookie in my eyes as far as experience is concerned. And stepping up the way he has and stepping up the way he did yesterday – Against some physical guys, man. Bobby Portis is the guy that brings all the smoke. You know, what I mean, he he's on yep. record for you know punching folks in the face. You know, <laughs> so he's he's like you know you know he's a, he's one of them dudes. You know, and for Santi to stand up against him and uh, and duel against him uh, last night was was amazing. Um, and Roddy as well, just coming along, knocking down shots, taking shots with confidence, getting to the basket, rebounding, defending well, uh, bringing that toughness. Those two guys. Uh, that that the play from those guys plus Tyus Jones, one of your vets, that stood out to me a lot. That that you're getting your bench unit guys together. They're getting their, you're getting the rhythm and they're performing on the biggest stage against uh, one of the better teams in the NBA. That's what stood out to me. Did let me ask you this? Now we know that they're coming off of a of a, and I don't want to look ahead too much. That's some of what we got ahead. But will those role players, those guys, and even 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 I mean to Tyus to a degree because he's in a role. Can those guys be as good for you? Do you, do you uh, uh, expect them to be as good when you're about to hit, you know, on this road trip? Can they be guys like David Roddy, particularly? I know, I know they won't have to be necessarily in all these situations, but how much of that, I guess, saying is what I'm asking as a result of with well, the mm-hmm. Grizzlies, what, 13 and two at home now? How much of it's been a yeah. result of those guys playing well at home? How much of it do you think we see, you know, both on the road and how much can extend in the play on the road, the playoffs? How many of them do you really believe in? Santi, well, I really believe in. I don't know about Roddy yet. 
Mm-hmm. And I need to see That's, that up on the road. It, it's natural to think that these guys are, uh, you know, that playing at home helps. You know what I mean? Playing, getting at home, cooking, you know, playing on, on rims. You shoot on all the time. You know, the crowd behind you. Role that players that are helps. better on the road. And, and younger guys, you know, do well there. You know, they're slipping on bed last night. You know, that kind of stuff matters. Um, we'll see, though, man. It's going to be a tough – you got a tough run coming up over the next week or so. This This last little stretch – you know, until the holidays is going to be tough. A team, Oklahoma City Thunder, who's low-key, you know, we've had some kind of scrappy games against those guys. We had their 73-point game where we beat them pretty bad. And ever since then, it seems like they really get up to play us. Uh, you know, Shai Gillis Alexander gets the comps to people saying he might be better than John Morant. So, you know, there's, there's a little – I'm not saying there's a rivalry, so to speak, but there's a lot of energy from the Oklahoma City game uh, you want to keep an eye on for sure. Um, then you got, of course, you know, you got the Suns, you got the Nuggets over this stretch. You got uh, the Warriors, of course, over the holidays, and you end out the year against the Pelicans. So a lot of road games in there. So like you said, it's going to be a challenge to see what those guys do. Um, I hope they can rise to to the occasion. You know, know, history kind of tells you they won't. But with this team, (laughs) they're known for defying history. Nothing about the Grizzlies this season is conventional or traditional. So, um, you know, I would totally not be surprised to see our role players uh, really rise to the occasion over the next few weeks. What what are the keys saying for the Grizzlies staying here for for staying in this uh in the spot where they're at number Easy one for maybe answer. separation is it the H word? Yeah, it's health. I think that's the number one thing. Uh, they have to stay healthy. Um, this team is has a very young core of guys that are you know top tier players in the league. We talked about that on the show today. It's it's wild that we have guys that are that are elite in the positions they play in the NBA. In Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson Jr. And John Morant, like we've had guys like you had Mike Conley, who was a, you know, a top 10, 12 point guard in the league. Marcus all probably was the best center in the league for most of his career. Zach Randolph was a top tier big, but it just, it just hits differently with these guys, man. You know what I mean? Because you've got, uh, you got young guys who are some of the best in the league period of what they do. And, um, but with that being said, you don't really know what the combinations of injuries can do. There's a lot of things that kind of, one thing plays off of another. Like we know that our defense is good, but numbers also suggest that our defense is good when because of Dylan and Jaron, you know, mm-hmm. being available. Lose one of those guys, what happens? You know, what I mean, an extended run with Ja being out. You know, yeah, what happens. That, you that's know, kind so- of that, that. I was gonna I was gonna dive into that further because, mm-hmm. like I say, every team can say, okay, of course, health is at the top. We've seen the Grizzlies when one of the guys is out right now, mm-hmm. Desmond Bain. They they've still been able to be successful. So so if if you boil it, if you had to boil it down, is there a guy that has to stay? I mean, you know, just all of them. You know, obviously you want you want health across the board, but mm-hmm. is there one guy that you can't afford to miss? I mean, we've seen them now go what they're ten and six without Bain. We saw them yeah. last year go twenty and five without Ja Morant. Tyus mm-hmm. Jones has shown that when Ja needs a rest, he can step up and be a twenty and ten guy. It is I guess what I'm getting at is is Jaron. You know, yeah, it, man. That was my answer. Guys, who you can't miss because it seems like Jaron we in November, he's the key to we the We were defense. a pretty average, like to mediocre no team before Jaron got here. Defensively, has been rolling. We've been one of the better teams in the NBA, especially in the defensive end. Yeah. So, like, I, I think, like, I, that's why I mean yeah. yeah, yeah. He makes he makes us a totally different team. Guys are able to, like I said a while ago, let their hair down and, and you know tie their ears back and just go at it. Uh, defensively, and I, I'm sure Dylan is super excited for Jaron being there. So health, I think, of course, is number one. Uh, number two, I think, in my opinion, will be just 
guys getting minutes, development. Like I said, the role player guys, the, the Santiago Damas, the David. Your own Williams. in-house development. Right. Mm -hmm. Your own the, guys. The, the Kennedy Chandlers, you know, right. those type of guys. Um, you know, I think that type of stuff, those guys getting those crucial minutes, getting Zaire Williams back into the fold, getting him back up to speed. Um, I think that's an, an important thing as well. Um, I think finally, number three, uh, it's just for these guys just to stay focused and confident. Uh, when they when they have a something to prove, like against Milwaukee the other night, you know, you see these guys go crazy in, in these type of moments. And when they lose focus, they can lose to, you know, a Minnesota on the road or whatever, uh, a team that you would just – beat pretty bad a few weeks ago, you, know, you can go up there and lose to them. Like I said, I think if they get those three things together, man, I think this is going to be – I don't think anybody in the West can hang with them. Let me ask you this, and Do you think there's a difference between the Grizzlies and the other elite teams in the NBA, say a Milwaukee, say a Boston, um, even a Phoenix who last year ran off with the one? Do you think because the Grizzlies are young, last year they go number two, and they see this year there's a chance to break off and get the number one seed, that there is more of a motivation with this team, with its swagger, right, to top last year, to go after one that might be, you know, I, I know we've watched this organization sit, sit guys this year that, that were obviously healthy enough to play, so clearly they're not going after it to a point where you're going to have Ja Morant out there every game. But my point is, is there a difference between the Grizzlies and the other you know, in most cases, more veteran, the elite, the elite teams are more veteran groups than the Grizzlies right now. Is there a difference mm -hmm. in terms of going after that one? Whereas some of those older teams might not, you know, might not necessarily, okay, well, you know, right now we feel like we can get on a roll and we're trying to do it. You think there's a difference between that and the Grizzlies who might have a more of a hunger saying because they've never do it, done it to mm -hmm. go get it? Or am I just talking? Um, I think I understand what you're trying to say. I think I'm the reason say John them want it, man. That's what yeah, I'm trying they, to say. They want their number one. Whereas, season. whereas yeah, maybe yeah. other teams, uh, you know, these older teams yeah. that are up there with them, you know, they don't particularly I, care. Yeah, you know, whether the the two seed or the three seed or whatever mm -hmm. it ends up being, you know, I, right. I I think the Grizzlies as a young team and having still have having that ahead of them to accomplish, mm -hmm. you know, I think that might go for them too. I wouldn't add it as a key to what you're saying, say, but I just wonder if there's a little if there that difference it in is. hunger, yeah. Mm -hmm. Not to mention a deep bench that hell steps up when some of those you want right. to set some of those stars down, uh, right. steps up and you win some of those games. Just feel like there might be a little bit of an edge there. I'm looking for all the edges I can find for these yeah. Grizzlies in terms I think, of trying I think to nail down that one. Yeah, and I think they want to they want to go on a run. They want to build their chemistry. They want to get certain guys going. It seems like they're trying to get Zaire uh, up to speed. Um, yeah, I think that they definitely do want to be the number one seed in the West. I think that's one of their goals to finish. Uh, you know, at their number one seed. And I think they I think they may be shooting for 60 wins this year. Uh, I'm sure there's something that matters to them a lot as well. Um, like I said, man, no, another thing about this Grizzlies team, like you said, they're battle-tested. You're talking mm -hmm. about a team, ever since John Moran has been here, they've been a postseason team. They've not been a lottery team at all. John's first year, they lost in the play-in game in the bubble to Portland. They were a playoff team pretty much the majority of the season. But, you know, with the bubble, with the bubble format, they ended up being in the play-in game instead of going to the playoffs. The year after that, they were a play-in team that made it to the playoffs, lost in the first round in Utah. Last year, they uh, lost in the second round to the Warriors. They got a playoff win. These are this is a battle-tested bunch of guys who who've had plenty of, of postseason opportunity in this you know four-year run that they're on right now. So I think that, um, like I said, man, I think that that next step is like you said to finish at the top of the West with the best record in the West, home court advantage throughout the playoffs. 
in the and you know to come in as the front runners. I think there's something they I, I, it does feel like there's something that's important to them for sure. Yeah, obviously health going to be number one. I agree with saying on any list that in terms of how the Grizzlies can stay number one and where they put some separation between themselves and the rest of the pack. Um, but it, it, I tell you what, number six right now in defense, number six in offense, they're playing at a high level uh, at a time with the competition about to wrap up. So it'll be fun to watch it unfold. Uh, of course, mm-hmm. you're listening to the Grind Season Podcast uh, with my man, Anthony Sane, yours truly, Jason Smith. Be sure to download us on the free Odyssey app. You can get us on Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Hit that subscribe button. Help us out. That brings us to topic uh, number two. We mentioned it. Looks like Steph Curry probably very likely out on Christmas Day against the Grizzlies. That's a nationally broadcast game. Uh, for those outside the Memphis market, you got no idea how how long we have longed for this, this chance to be mm-hmm. on Christmas Day, to be watching uh, the Grizzlies rather than the rest of the stars of the league. Obviously, the Grizzlies have their own now. That's been recognized by the NBA. You got John Morant. You got a great team. You're on Christmas Day. Uh, it won't be against a, at least a Steph Curry-led Golden State team. Now, Golden State is 12-2 and two at home. Uh, and this one will be there, but without Steph, they are literally one of the worst offenses in the NBA in terms of rating in years, like worse than the Charlotte Hornets, who are the worst this season by far. And you'd have to go back years to find uh, how bad uh, to find a, a, as bad a team offensively as the Golden State Warriors have been this season without Steph Curry on the floor. That so it's 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 a dampener, and you lose some of the spotlight without him. He obviously had the shoulder injury against Indiana a couple games ago. Um, but, you know, what, what? there's that, and then there's the news that perhaps, and, and Danny Green might have let the cat out the bag uh, to, uh, earlier today uh, on NBA Today when he's talking to Brian Windhorse, perhaps it, it you know, for anybody who's who a little bit down about Steph not playing, uh, perhaps the Grizz, you know, get quite a gift in the return of Desmond Bain. At, at least Danny Green seemed to indicate that was possible. He first said uh, uh, in a couple of weeks – then he said, we'll see about, you know, that Christmas Day game for Bain. So two things there. Saying you bummed out about Steph not playing does seem to increase the Grizzlies' chance of winning. And how about Desmond Bain coming back Christmas? I think had, had you reached a point where you thought it was going to be after that, they had said, what, two to three weeks if it responded? Mm-hmm. And so uh, that seems right. a little earlier than maybe we we had thought it would be. What what do you think? Man, bah humbug, man. Like I'm <laughs> – this – it sucks, man. It sucks that Steph's not playing because part of, part of the reason why you get so excited about that Christmas Day nod is that you know it's an all-eyes-on-me type situation. You're playing mm-hmm. in the primetime game. I want to say the last game of the night. You know, that's the highlighted game. It's Warriors versus – it's your defending NBA champions versus the young up-and-coming Memphis Grizzlies. And it, this is a wrestling town, and it's got that vibe of the, of the heel finally putting the baby face over. You know what I mean? It, this feels like – you know, one of those type of moments where uh, the Grizzlies could get that first, you know, notch as far as looking like they're about to overtake the Warriors. Um, and it's just not the same, man. Um, the NFL, you know, Christmas is on a Sunday this year. So the NFL isn't moving their games away from the NBA this year. They're going to go head to head with the NBA. You got to go against the Shield on Christmas Day. And, you know, I can't remember what game is going to be on while we're on. But I think if people have a choice of having watching this NFL game or watching – you know, the Grizzlies murdered the Golden State Warriors. You know, to the to the common fan who might not even know anything about the Grizzlies, 
I just I just think this is going to hurt the eyes that are going to be on this team. This this felt like it was going to be a coronation. At this point, you may you're going to be number one in the West with a, probably a very hefty record, and you go against the Warriors, and you, if you can beat them, then the talk is or the you know the Grizzlies might really be the best team in the NBA. We just saw them beat the defending champs. This is the Warriors roster. It's not probably changing much. This this is what they're going to bring out there. If the Grizzlies could beat them at home with whatever their home record is, then you're talking about a different narrative for the Grizzlies now. It's gonna get crapped on. People, the fans, gonna be well. Do it without Steph. I mean, do it with Steph or whatever. The, all those things are gonna happen. I doubt a lot of people are gonna be watching this game because it takes a lot of a lot of the luster off of it. But at the end of the day, I don't care. I don't give a damn. I want to beat the hell out to go to see. I was gonna say that. That's a Christmas that's a lot of that's a lot of crying for not right. caring. That's a lot yeah, of crying. Don't, don't, don't get it. Don't get it twisted. I am okay. excited. I, I want us to beat them by fifty. I want Jada to score hundred if he has to. I'm bummed about it, but I am excited. This this this, this is going to be a dub. The Grizzlies are going to destroy those guys, and they're going to try, try to beat them by as much as possible with Steph not being on the court. So I'm excited about that, but I, it does suck. I'm not going to act like it's no big deal because it does hey, bother me that, that you were not getting the full strength Warriors. I know it's I know it's a rivalry here. Maybe Golden State doesn't look at it that way. But do you mm-hmm. think if you had beat Golden State, a Golden State team that yes is good as home as good as home, but is I mean, straight trash on the road. And it's right now, You do you really think even if Steph had played, that if the Grizzlies had won that game, they when get the Grizzlies some... Because they, they would have beat the Warriors. The okay, Warriors I, I, good we can roll All with right, that. You, you really think the national media or the fringe fan or whoever it is you're looking for would have given the Grizzlies the credit as if they'd beaten some sort of, you know, the team that just is coming off the championship last year? Like, this is a, this is a struggling Warriors team. They would have still told you, oh, man, this. It, my point is, the story would have still been about the Warriors in the sense of, well, now they, mm-hmm. they clearly need to go add something to Steph. For these rookies, like it's, you know, from mm-hmm. their standpoint, man, stop trying to win them folks over. But, but you know, at this, at, at this point, you know that we all know that the that the Christmas Day game to your casual NBA fan is really when a lot of people really tune in. And, and, and they're gonna think, they're gonna get more jaw and more Memphis as a if result. they watch it though. That's, that's what I'm saying, man. I feel you. It's, it's a seven o'clock game, like you said. Yeah. It's a seven o'clock game, like you said. You got a uh, central. You got you got NFL on. NFL is king. The majority mm-hmm. gonna be over there anyway. But at least for a, you know, yeah, it'll be fewer of the common fan. But at least for a few of them, they'll get an edu- more of an education yeah. on what the Grizzlies are doing. Being a you know number one seed, everything else, Ja Morant. I'm telling you, the features will be more Memphis centric. You end oh, up, yeah. you know, That's you end true. up being more of a story this way. Mm-hmm. And especially saying if you're getting back Desmond Bain, because then it becomes, mm-hmm. man, what can these what can these four horsemen do? What can uh, the four think, horsemen do Bain's now playing? that they're finally riding? You think Bain's gonna play? Man, bro, I don't think Danny Green let that. I don't think he was just throwing something against the wall. I and think John's kind of letting stuff out. Jaron's yeah. been letting stuff out. Jaron, Jaron last night let something slip. Yeah. I don't think I don't think Danny was just throwing something against the wall, saying we hope he he was talking about Desmond Bain's return, and he said we'll see you there on that Christmas day, mm-hmm. as if it's been circled in the locker room, as if it's been circled by Desmond Bain. And so, right. dude, you you know you get Bain back, you got the number one seed perhaps in the West, hopefully still then. You talking about all the features in terms of from national program being about. About the Grizzlies, there'll be no story with Golden State at that point. I think in that saying, in a different way, you'll be getting more credit than if you hell if you'd beat Golden State with Steph mm-hmm. Curry when they uh, to your point when they had beat uh, Golden State with Steph Curry. I just think it's gonna work out fine. You're gonna get the win, and you're probably gonna get more pub. Uh, right. No, you ain't gonna convince everybody. 
Yeah, but I I'm think, with it. I, I think I think it you can come out as a net positive this way. Uh, I really do. And and listen, you know that it's a different game. We, we've talked about the competition turning up, uh, and we'll get to that over the next few games. Like you're eight and six against the West, and you're about to face a bunch of Western mm-hmm. Conference teams. That is not the same test that it would have been. Like that, that the you don't get. You're not going to get much credit either for that win, knocking off that Golden State team without Steph, man. You know, it's my point saying it's not the test we thought it would be. You got on this trip, Phoenix. You got Denver. Uh, Golden State is a put. It should be, you know, just like playing a. I mean, from an offensive standpoint, defending them is just like playing a uh, one of the worst right. teams in the league. So uh, I'm gonna tell you something on the Bane stuff. This, just throwing this out. This isn't Intel, but I'm just kind of using same brain on this. Um. They're saying that they're they're concerned about how he's responding to stuff. So that means that he's out there doing something. Like he's doing something, and now his body. Yeah. They're they're just checking to see how he responds to it. And when they were checking it a week or so ago, they're like, "All right, I don't. We don't like what we're seeing. So let's pause this. Let's let's give it two or three more weeks." I can see a scenario where Desmond Bain technically plays on Christmas Day. Cause I'm sure that's a bucket list thing. If you're any, any player in the NBA, you want to play on Christmas Day. I mean, yeah, you think about I mean? your mama and your family too, and right, just the right. idea they're going to see you on Christmas Day. I can see you the Grizzlies know, those like, first few times. Those yeah, vets, yeah. yeah. I could, I could see Desmond Bain like playing on Christmas Day, just kind of seeing where he's at. Sure. And kind of using that as an evaluation to see where he is. Like Especially it may not be, now, it might not be. A, yeah, it yeah. might not be a permanent return. It might be like, all right, Des, let's get Des some run. You know, because we're get we're, they're doing something to evaluate his foot. They're they're letting him go out there and practice or whatever they're doing to see where he is. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if they use that that Christmas game like, hey, go ahead and get you a little run. Let's you know maybe be 10, 15, 12, whatever it is minutes. Let's see how he responds to that, and then we can you know see where he goes as far as his foot is concerned. Because it doesn't have to be a linear. Bain is back, and now he's back for good type thing. Right. I know. Right. I know that kind of contradicts stuff they've done in the past, but I wouldn't be surprised if. They use that game to kind of see where he is because you're you're looking at another week from today, that will put you at you know what two and a half weeks or whatever as opposed to three, so I think I could I could see them trying something like that. Like I think that there's a lot of people who, who like you said, Josh said some stuff. Josh said like I'm, I play for the team, so I know stuff y'all don't know. You heard Jaron say our shooting is about to get better soon. Mm-hmm. You know, Danny Green said what he said today. Uh, it, it feels like this. I, I, I'm really, I'm, I'm going to lean about 65 percent that Bain's going to play on Christmas, and I know yeah. that's kind of a hefty number, but it's kind of how that's kind of how that feels. Because I wouldn't be surprised if they just kind of use that game to kind of see where that foot is. It's, it, it, you know, maybe set that up as an opportunity to bring them back permanently, uh, or not. You know what I mean? So what did what did you what did you make of the rest of that? Some of the rest of that interaction between Horse oh, <laughs> and Green and him. Oh, out of hand, man! And telling so man, you know, you the Grizzlies might trade you. You know, yeah. that, I mean, that that was that was a little bit man. odd. I thought yeah. Danny handled it well, though, saying. Yeah, he did. He's a professional. You know, what I mean, he's yeah. a, he's a pro for sure. Uh, do they need to do what, anything? Saying, do you foresee anything? You, I'm gonna get to that. I'm gonna get to that because I I got some theories on that too. But I'm gonna say say this just to wrap up the whole Winhurst thing. Like, man. Like we got, we can't just talk to Danny Green like he's a trade. He's not a trade asset, bro. He's a human being. 
He's nah. a professional NBA player. And to talk to that man, like, hey, man, hey, you might be about to get your ass about here. <laughs> like, that was just so out of bounds to me, bro. Like, bro, I'm, I'm, to- I guarantee you saying, don't worry about it because they had talked about it in the green room before yeah, they had sure gone they out. It. There's that no way sense. that Wendy put him on the spot like that. They said, this is going to be good television. It might yeah, get a little a awkward, point. but here's that. I guarantee you they. They gave Danny that's Green a, a heads up going yeah, into that. That's a good and point. Danny, to, to your point about him being the pro's pro. Because he didn't he, look shocked at all to hear him no, say No, man. He, and he's a pro. He can handle that. So he would have mm-hmm. said, man, come on. Bring it on. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Danny's that guy. So I guarantee you. Now I'm playing it back in my head. It does No question. When they didn't, when they didn't put him on the spot. But I thought Danny yeah. did break, you know, maybe break some news talking to him, kind of putting in the Bane stuff, talking about the future of this team. It went. Yeah, I tell you what, it wasn't as much we, we, we it, though, as it was they, they, they still. Now, yeah. I get that. But listen, say, I listened to that thing, and I, I clearly you did, too, though. And, mm-hmm. um, man, Wendy's point was that the Grizzlies could make a move. And sort of along the lines of what you and I talked about earlier today on my show was about, about Zach Lowe and what he had written. Maybe you make a move for a veteran piece or something, either mm-hmm. to show up the back of the rotation or you use Danny Green and a draft pick to go out and get you something. But the point mm-hmm. was the Grizzlies might make a move. And listening to Danny's tone, at least it sounded like, you know, and if certainly if you look at the Grizzlies win total lately, it sounded like he, 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 while he understood that, yes, it's a business, he sounded like he, he, you know, from his talks thought he was, you know, uh, uh, in an organization that right now is standing pat. I don't know. It might've just been the tone. I might've just been reading too much into it. Uh, And maybe there will be a move to come up. But I just, with the way things are going right now, I just don't get the sense that the Grizzlies are itching to dump off Danny in a. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to it's hard to gauge, man, because we've never really done anything like that. Like especially since they've been like legit good. Like they've been they've been holding they've been holding the fort. They've been holding Pat, like you said. And only thing I will say is this: if anything happens, you know it's going to be a ton of transparency. Not to us, not to the media, not to the fans, but within that organization, guys will know. Hey, man, you know we we're we're looking, we're listening. Yeah. Uh, you know, this might be it for you because that's what happened with Jay Crowder. That's what happened, you know, with everyone that's not here anymore. I think the Kyle, I think Kyle and Melton knew that, you know, that especially after they had the exit interviews, I think they knew, you know, what may go now. Um, I don't think they catch anyone by surprise. And I think that's something that they kind of pride themselves on and something that kind of makes them a desirable franchise, that level of transparency. Um, but with that being said, it seems like right now Danny's hearing that there isn't anything available. But the only thing that kind of stands out to me is something that you said as well. If Winhurst is talking, if Zach Lowe is talking, those guys are, you know, pretty connected dudes. You know what I mean? No, kinda, you're right. No, yeah, you're right. So and people say, well, if it if 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 uh if the Grizzlies aren't talking, then it ain't real. But the Grizzlies don't they ain't talking to themselves. You know, for a trade to happen or for any type of trade conversation to happen, two teams gotta talk. The Grizzlies may not be talking on their end, but whoever they're, you know chopping it up with they very well could be um i don't really know what i know what a grizzlies i was thinking today like what is a memphis grizzlies type player because they're yeah they and what clear, do you what do you need say a memphis yeah. grizzlies type player that you need like tell right. me which what mm-hmm. hole you're filling you know and it's there's a lot of guys you can say okay we need backup center help so go get this guy or go get this guy oh and, yeah you know but, physically those guys can do the job but, like, when you watch them do – like, this is a joke. But when you watch them do the little pregame dance thing, right, it's mm-hmm. like everybody on their team, you don't see anybody like, no, nah, man, I ain't doing it. Like, you got Dylan, Brandon Clark, Santi, uh, 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 Jake LaRavia. All these dudes are out there doing this little pregame dance they do. Right. It's like, okay, 
if the Grizzlies bring somebody in, can they, they got to be able to do the dance, right? Like, you just can't go get a dude. And I'm joking, but what I'm, what I'm speaking of is the chemistry. I'm speaking yeah, to yeah, the yeah. chemistry of the team. Like, no what, like whatever they do, it's, it's going to have to be a guy that can fit in, that's going to do the dance, so to speak, and can do the interviews and the post-game team photo after every big win. You know what I mean? Like, you, you just yes. – because everybody says, like, man, Dylan, like, doesn't really fit in. Man, Dylan fits in, bro. <laughs> like, like they, they he's a big a part, part of, of the DNA, saying I keep saying yeah, that. Yeah, and it's like when they, when they do the when they do the pregame, uh, like the starting lineup dance. It's Dylan in the middle of the dance, leading everything, and Dylan's coming out, you know, in the tunnel with him, Kenny Chandler, and Tyus Jones, which is the oddest three man combo I could think of on this organization. You got a guy <laughs> in Tyus Jones who his replacement is right beside him, and they're in there bug jumping and doing a little. I mean, what in the world? They're, they're, they're shoulder to shoulder dancing like man, y'all dudes should hate each other. What I'm saying is the chemistry of this team is almost so perfect. You wonder, do they even want to take a chance of, of bringing any new guy in? Do they want to take any chance of interrupting their chemistry in the middle of the season? Um, and what, and what if games, you, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. There's a lot of guys, guys I can think of, a Kyle Kuzma could possibly help having another versatile three-four type guy. OG uh, Ananobi, another guy who was a versatile 3-4 you could bring in. I was a big fan of bringing in uh, 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 Jeremy Grant last year. Those kind of guys. Uh, what's the guy's name for uh, the Pelicans? Uh, Larry Nance Jr., he's another versatile, you know, you know, power forward type guy. I wouldn't mind having another guy like that on this team, another backup big would work. But I'm like, man, I don't – if they don't do anything, bro, I'm – you know, bench going, I'm down for all of it. But if and I want to, and, and the way this team drafts, I'd like to keep my picks if I could. Keep my picks, unless, man. Unless like, there's something really good right. out there. If I'm giving up one of these picks that I've been hitting on right. pick after pick after pick. Because you know. if you got if you if you, if Bane comes back and he's ready and he comes back and he's rolling, I'm not you know, I'm I trust having a John Conchar playing your backup shooting guard minutes. That's what I'm asking you. At that point, what do you need yeah. if you have all that? If, and if, you and let Zaire let Zaire get going. Let let him uh-huh. warm up, man. It's it's man, it's looking bad for everybody. So I don't know, man. Like I, I I can see it because it's a lot of talk around that Danny Green thing, you know what I mean? And it's if you look at it, man, that Danny Green contract and it, you know, that that his contract and his where he is in his career almost lines up with Iguodala, who they ended up dealing. You know what I mean? So I could mm-hmm. see, I could see a situation where you do that, but I, I do think that one of their fears is interrupting the chemistry. So I'm going to bet on no, but I would totally not be surprised if something happens. Sure. Well, the the other thing he mentioned is he's not he's not too far from being on the court. Is uh, he certainly sounded yeah. optimistic about that? Yeah. And there's I would, always I would love to see him play some. There's games always with what could he look like on that floor as a yeah. as another shooter for you in the corner? Don't act like Danny Green wasn't good last year, man. Like don't you know we don't have to go back in time too far to remember yeah. some good Danny Green games. He was very good last year, yeah. and yeah. if you get a guy like that and and him, Jitty, Zaire. Are your backup wings? Maybe you know, you know. Come on, man! Like that could be that could be really good for sure. Yeah, it could be. And uh, now on to our our final segment of uh, episode thirteen, I believe this is of Grind Season, which we hope you'll subscribe to, listen to twice per week. Uh, we'll be hitting you with another two, hopefully next week. Uh, uh, a, a look ahead. Well, first off, of course, download us on the Odyssey app, the free Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcast. You can find us on Spotify. Uh, like we mentioned, we're looking ahead. If there, if there's one thing I said it earlier that the Grizzlies haven't done at an elite level, at least thus far this season, it's 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 uh, play against the West in terms of stack up the wins. I mentioned they're eight, just eight and six. It's fairly pedestrian in terms of other Western Conference teams. Uh, they've they've gotten fat off the East. They're eleven and three against the East. Now, now listen. Here's the thing too. 
of those eight wins, Sane, half of them have come against OKC, is two of them, San Antonio and Houston. So the bottom three teams in the West, you know, half of your eight wins against the West are against them. Your other four against Portland, Sacramento, Minnesota, New Orleans. So the losses, Utah twice, New Orleans, you split with, obviously, Sacramento, Minnesota, and Dallas. So my point is that when you've played the better West, the teams in the West so far, at least the better ones on your schedule, uh, you've lost for the most part. Well, uh, you mm-hmm. fattened up, you know, in four, half of your wins against the West are against the worst teams. So we know that's about to change. Uh, after a date, what feels like the 15th game with Oklahoma City, it's really just the third. You will then go to Denver. You'll play at Phoenix. You'll then get Golden State in that Christmas Day game we've talked so much about. And then you're back home for a game at Phoenix. So it's still it's about to turn up. At least mm-hmm. three of those games will be with teams right now that you'd say are good enough and, and one of the you know certainly contenders in the West. Mm-hmm. I don't count Golden State without steps. So um, looking ahead, saying uh, Oklahoma City, Denver, Phoenix, Golden State, Phoenix, you think this is where the Grizzlies can kind of show the West that hey, oh yeah, for sure. You know, even against our, some of your, our better teams this, here, we're the captains down. This is our well, conference. It, it feels like they need to saying for all this mm-hmm. talk we've been saying about number one. This you need right. to beat these teams on the road. Right. Um, I definitely agree with that. If you can, you know, you know, maybe split with Phoenix, you know, get that Denver game. You're looking good uh, out in the West, man. Your perception uh, across the across the nation will be that you're, you know, that you're legit, especially if you can end it with beating the Pelicans at the end of the year on the 31st. Um, I think that I'm not really – I'm not tripping about that eight and six at all. Those games feel so long ago, especially like that Kings game and that stuff, like using, losing to Utah twice. Like it feels like so much has changed in the NBA well, altogether. And, and remember, I keep pointing, you started Dallas, one and five yeah. without Bane, one and five without Bane. Mm-hmm, yeah. So, you know, they won and seven like said, well without him now. So it does feel most, like a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Most teams, when you take a, a dramatic loss like that to one of your major players, you never recover from it. This team, you know, when once guys have got up to speed, you know, your John Conchars, your, your uh, uh, David Roddy, those type of guys, and you kind of make a decision where you're playing Roddy and, no, and not, not much Laravia, and, you know, you're, you're getting into your groove and you're playing great basketball. Plus you got – you know, my defensive player of the year, Jaron Jackson Jr. there. Dylan Brooks is, you know, selling in. Tyus Jones is playing much better basketball than he was playing in the beginning of the year. Brandon Clark is coming into form. Santi is getting super comfortable. I think that this version of the Grizzlies, if you start the season over, they wouldn't be 8-6 and six against the West this year. I can, I think several of those games that we struggled in earlier in the year, they would have been Ws. Um, so I'm not really stressing about that. And like a, like you said, regardless of the 8-6, and six, if you can finish this month strong, um, against, you know, the Phoenixes, the Denvers, you know, like we said, the, the, the Pelicans. Um, I think that Jack, I think that eight and six doesn't mean anything. I don't think it's a real thing. If we had a loss last night's game, but we didn't just beat the Milwaukee Bucks by 41 last night with Jaron giving you nothing and without Desmond Bain, I will be concerned. But I think that this team is hitting their stride. And I think that eight and six is just something in the past we don't even have to talk about anymore. Do, do you think they can make a, uh, a Phoenix-like run like like Phoenix did yes. last year mm-hmm. and create some separation? Or do you think that you're destined to win, you know, a close jumbled West that you're going to have to win it that way? I think that we're – I think that you'll see us, you know, get that three, four game cushion coming up soon. I think the teams like okay. the Pelicans are great. Um, we talked about this on your show, man. Very unpopular opinion. I know if anybody that's not a Grizzlies fan listens to what I'm about to say now, I'm sure they'll be – they'll totally disagree with me. A lot of your Pelicans fans are saying the same thing that we're saying about Desmond Bain when it comes down to Brandon Ingram. 
They're saying, hey, they're you know, they're doing mm-hmm. great. Wait till they get Brandon Ingram back. Unpopular opinion of mine mm-hmm. is maybe you guys are playing that well because Brandon Ingram's not there. And I know that people when we did this last year with John Morant, we scoffed at people saying that. But the thing about Brandon Ingram is hell of a player, man. I'd love to have him on my team. But the thing about him, he scores in that same area a lot where Zion does. And they're both two guys who definitely need the ball to score. They're not really playing off of each other too much. Um, they don't have there's not like a Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson two-man game without they're running pick and rolls and they're kind of playing off of each other. Those guys are kind of taking turns with the ball. You got Jonas Valanciunas who likes the ball in that area as well. And he's pretty much getting phased out of a lot of stuff that they do. I think that I think that just having Zion instead of Ingram right now is is kind of why they're rolling like the way they are. I, I want to see what they are with Ingram and Zion. Two incredible players, but it's just like you know, when Memphis had Zach Randolph and Rudy Gay, a much cheaper version uh than what we had. I'm not I'm not comparing, you know, Rudy and and, and Rudy to Ingram or or Zebo to to uh to uh Zion, but I can kind of see the same thing where you have two guys who are kind of struggling to score in that same area from mid range to the basket. They both like the ball in the same area. So um, I think that's, that's kind of why I don't really take the Pelicans serious. I think once Ingram gets back, that team's going to look a little bit more dysfunctional. There, there's definitely more questions about fit with new Orleans than there mm-hmm. are any with Memphis. They I'm are not, just not, a jumbled fit of guys. Like there's I'm not, I'm not right. many not homegrown guys on the team, older yeah. guys. Yeah, they're not. They're, that team is not. They're good. And we haven't seen it in the playoffs. Same where it's yeah, different. Exactly, Every exactly. Possession is so much different. You don't we know. Haven't who seen the, it in, in, in meaningful. They don't know. Who, we don't know who their yeah. leader is when it's go time in the playoffs yeah. and they need a bucket. We don't know who that guy is for them yet. Whereas at least with while we don't know every answer when you got you know the four horsemen in there, we still that has to be determined. We know that it fits. We know that it fits in a way that right now we don't know with the Pelicans. So. I'm with you on agreement. I got. I believe it when I see it from the uh, mm-hmm. from the Pelicans. Certainly sure, looking man. forward to that uh, to that next matchup. That's episode 13 of the show, uh, y'all. Make sure you listen to us on the so free Odyssey app. Like Mention uh, subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Like we said, you get it on Spotify. Usually gets there pretty fast as well. Uh, that's tonight's episode. Like we said, for my man Anthony Sane, I'm Jason Smith. We'll be back at you hopefully on Monday. Be looking for that. Uh, stay on your grind. It's grind season.